Welcome to the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience helping hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast, where we're going to talk about cash. Cash is king. It seems to be like the big topic <laughs> on everybody's mind. Tyler and I were kidding that it seems like the biggest market story this year is cash, which is like the ultimate irony, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm a bank teller now rather than an investment advisor. Nothing wrong with bank tellers. Oh, we love course. you. But we've talked about cash so much in the past year, year and a half or so, and Rightfully so. You know, a lot of people have asked us questions about it. There's been some tumultuous times in 2022. Fortunately, 23 is off to a good start. Let's hope that keeps going, fingers crossed. But on this episode, we want to go over a few different places that folks have asked us about where they can stash their cash. And the first one, right off the top of the mind, is the old school bury it under your backyard, stuff it under the mattress. We've had some folks sleep on it, baby. The freezer. Tin foil. Yeah. Yeah. Where can we put it in the walls? Right. Because that's the only safe place to protect it. Right. And you could do that. Right. But we always want to let people know what are the pros and cons of doing that. So, right off the bat, the first one has to be inflation. I mean, if you keep your money physically in cash, inflation is going to eat it up. We talk about all different types of risks. Inflation risk is a real one. So, if you look back to 2000, we pulled some numbers here. Andrew in our office, our awesome power planner. Wizard analysts with research. (laughs) Pulled us some awesome numbers. So if you had a dollar buried under your backyard in 2000, it'd be the same as about $1.75 now in terms of purchasing power. To buy the same amount of things that a dollar bought you in 2000, it would take a dollar 75 in 2023. So obviously, just by the sake of it, of inflation, you need to have growth on your money. And so we did a whole episode on high yield savings accounts and definitely tell you to check that one out after this. If you're curious, because there's two things going on in the banking industry that are making people second guess their cash management strategy. The first was rising interest rates, which kind of started happening last year. And then we saw that reflecting in savings account rates finally in the fall of last year when we did that episode. And then the second one we all know just happened a few weeks ago, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and a few other small regional banks where Silvergate, I think, was the other one. People started to question, is my money safe at the bank? So between rising interest rates and the ability to get more and bank collapses where the FDIC had to come and step in, something that we kind of set on autopilot forever. Nobody really thinks about the money in the bank, right? All of a sudden, people were thinking about it. And so we were getting questions about where should we put our cash? And so obviously, we talk about the high-yield savings account. That tends to be an easy answer at some of the online banks or even some of the brick and mortars are getting higher in the rates that they pay. But obviously, you're going to be capped on FDIC insurance. And obviously, who knows what the rest of the history will say about the FDIC saying we're going to cover unlimited losses with SVB. Maybe we have unlimited coverage now. Who knows? But it feels like per it. <laughs> the statute, right? Per the regulation that governs the FDIC, it's still 250 per person, 500 for a joint account for a couple. So 
when we think about expanding our horizons outside of just high yield savings accounts, one of the other things that we talk to people about that has come up a little bit is treasury bills. And that's buying short-term debts to the treasury. So you're lending money to the US government and they're going to pay you interest. For the first time in a long time, there's actually some yield to be had there, right? We're seeing four or 5% yields there. But there is, you know, a little bit of a process to get that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not the easiest process. So first of all, you got to be tech savvy because you have to go onto treasurydirect.gov and the website looks like it was built in like 1993, probably because it was. Yeah, Yeah, it is not the most intuitive website. It doesn't have all the cool bells and whistles and intuitiveness that we see nowadays. So it's treasurydirect.gov. That is where you would physically go to physically purchase a T-bill, a treasury bill. And when you're on there, you're responsible for making the purchase, having your sign-in information, knowing where it is, when it matures, all of that. So it is not the most seamless process, I would say. And we always talk to folks about how if that is your intention and you want to purchase debt instruments directly from the government, there are some ways that we can do it a little simpler and have a better experience. Yeah, because one of the things with when you buy individual bonds, whether you do it through treasury.gov, as Tyler said, or even in a brokerage account or something like that, the, the downside is if you ever wanted to sell that bond, you may have a little bit of principal fluctuation, right? So that's what we saw in 2022. Worst year ever for bonds. Bonds actually lost value if you didn't hold it the whole term. So if you needed to cash it in for some reason, you might have a little bit of principal fluctuation. Just to explain to our audience too why that might be. So let's say you're buying a T-bill today, right? A one-year T-bill and you're buying it at 4.5%, right? And then something happens with inflation and the economy and and Powell from the Fed says, hey, we're raising rates another 2%. Is that going to happen? Probably not. That is a huge jump, right? But we've gotten to this point. So honestly, anything's possible. So if that happens and then they say, okay, T-bill rates now go up to six and a half percent, right? So think about what you bought your bond at, four and a half percent. Somebody else can come in and buy a new bond at six and a half percent. So why would they want your four and a half percent bond, right? So the value of your bond has now gone down. What somebody is willing to pay you for it has gone down. Now, obviously, if you hold it until maturity, you get back your whole principal, right? But if you do need to liquidate it prior to maturity, you might not get the same amount. And it goes the opposite way, too. Let's say rates drop significantly and you got in at four and a half percent and they're now two, three percent. Well, your four and a half percent is looking quite nice. You're looking nice at four and a half percent. So someone's going to be willing to pay you more. So those are just things to consider when you are buying individual bonds, right? Because place fluctuation yeah, is real. Consider. And so one of the things I know Tyler was mentioning was a simpler way to do that. So a lot of times people buy bond funds. We use them in client accounts in a lot of cases to balance out the stock portion. And bond funds are really commonplace. And it basically, instead of buying individual T-bills, you might just buy a very short-term bond fund or ultra short or short duration bond fund where they're only buying inside the fund very short-term bonds. And now there's mixes. You can buy ones that only buy U.S. Treasury instruments. So it's always U.S. government bonds. You could buy ones that mix U.S. government instruments with corporate bonds. And there's a a little bit of a dynamic there. You can even buy ones that buy municipal securities, and there's plus sides to that as well, like states and municipalities issues. So you can also buy bond funds, which again, you're still going to have a little bit of principal fluctuation because the bonds that are inside the fund are going up and down in value every day. So you're going to mark to market every day, and you're going to see that fluctuation. The third thing that we've been talking quite a bit about with clients is money market mutual funds. So that's 
a term that people probably haven't thought about in 20 years. Money markets. Uh, money markets, <laughs> yeah, have not been a real popular instrument. I feel like they're yeah. used synonymously sometimes with banks. People are like savings, money markets, CDs. Yeah. Like they're not the same. They're different. Oh, well, without a doubt. And we're seeing it now. You know, so money market accounts, like you would have at a bank, just means that basically they're investing in short term instruments, just like we were talking about before, but there's a layer of principal security on it. So, what I mean is when you put a dollar into a money market or account or a money market, market fund, it stays at a dollar. So even though the underlying instruments might be going up and down in value, part of the deal with the money market fund is that company that runs it is trying to keep the share price at a dollar. And they've pretty much been successful throughout history, except for one short time period in 2008. So the advantage with a money market fund is that it's not FDIC insured. So it's not going to be like your, you know, your savings account or something like that, but it is going to do its best to keep it at that dollar. And one of the things we mentioned to people is, again, it depends on what type of money market fund you buy. You can buy a US government money market fund. So it's a lot like that short duration bond fund we were just talking about, but it it sits at a dollar a share. It doesn't fluctuate. You just get the interest. And the way we like to tell it to people is, no, it's not FDIC insured, but it's backed by the U.S. government. <laughs> so all of the obligations that are owned by that fund are basically loans to the U.S. government. And if the U.S. government starts defaulting on its loans to bondholders, we're going to have a lot worse problems in the world. Well, we were talking about it before this. you know. So if, if this money market fund is buying these super conservative, safe one-year T-bills and the government defaults and can't pay that, is FDIC insurance on bank it's accounts? Because what are the banks investing in? All these short-term ones Same stuff. It's all a circle. And in our opinion, we have to look at this stuff sort of through a similar lens. And the fortunate thing about these money market funds is you don't have to go through that process of buying individual bonds. They are super liquid. So the only illiquidity is maybe one or two days for it to go from that fund back to your bank account. Yeah, it's just like buying any other fund, right? And thirdly is the fact that what we're seeing for a lot of our clients is a lot of business owners who are looking for cash management solutions for their business banking. Their bank accounts with the banks aren't always as flexible as individual bank accounts, right? They may not be getting the same rates. They have different requirements. Money market funds that are investing in short-term securities now are becoming super attractive to these business owners because they're yielding 4 or 5% in that ballpark. So it's been a it's big godsend for them. to do that. I mean, you just need a corporate brokerage account, and then you can buy shares of a money market fund. And you could do it limitlessly, basically. Again, you're not capped by FDIC insurance. You're not backed by FDIC insurance. But again, you have the full faith and credit of the US government. If you're buying US government fund money markets, there are other types of money market funds. There's municipal money market funds where the interest is tax-free, but you're only backed by the municipalities and states that issue them, which again, probably aren't going to default on you. But there's certainly a little bit more risk there than there is with the US government. So as far as options, there are so many options when it comes to how you store your cash. There always has been, but today all of those options are a lot more attractive than they used to be. So we went through just a handful of them here today. But one of the things that, you know, we don't want to bury the lead, as they say. So while cash and getting four or five percent on your cash seems like, oh my God, that's so great. This is like free money. It rolls in every month. And you know, I don't have to worry about really any fluctuation. Let's remind people. You're still losing to inflation. So it's I think 6% the last right inflation now. <laughs> for 6%. numbers, yeah. Last year it was eight. <laughs> yeah, the inflation numbers came at like 6.2% or whatever, 6%. And so even if you're getting 4% or 4.5%, you're losing 1.5% to inflation. So what we're going to cover on our next podcast, make sure you stay tuned, is why while a year like 2022 just 
wasn't great for the investment market. Nobody likes to see it go down. Nobody likes to feel that pain of loss. We're going to go through and put a little bit of historical context into it. What the last 10 years have looked like <laughs> and how, you know, don't close the book on investing yet. That's still where you need to be if you want to keep pace with inflation long term. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the DollarWise Podcast. If you are not subscribed yet to get all the updates for all of our episodes, make sure you hit that subscribe button, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google, we're everywhere. You can't get away from us. DollarWise Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, get all our updates. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the DollarWise Podcast. At HFM, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at hfmadvisors.com. The Dollar Wise Podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor firm. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer for sale or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. All investments involve risk and are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.